What's up? Welcome back to another week of Bankrupt Overland. We have John back in the house. What's up, John? Hey, guys. How y'all doing? What's happening? Yeah. So we are back again with another Tech Talk. The first Tech Talk that John came in and did with us is currently our most downloaded episode. And so we thought, hey, let's do it again. So we're doing it again. <laughs> I'm back to talk about AHC, baby. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, no, we're gonna do. We're gonna give y'all another one. We already covered AHC to its fullest extent, and still had some motherfuckers trying to take it out. Oop, sorry for my language, Spotify or Apple. Um, no, it's marked as it's marked as explicit <laughs> language. We're good. There we go. There we go. We're good. We're good. I'm fired up today. We we haven't talked in oh, a week and a half, I guess. I had to postpone this one out to Thursday yep. for some family stuff. So. I'm excited to be out here doing this with you guys. Um, so today, we are going to keep the tech talk within the Toyota family, which is pretty fun. Um, John, do you want to tell us what you're going to be talking about today? Sure. So everybody's favorite traction control system, I will be talking about A-Track. What so is how it? big how of a tire works? can you fit in an A-Track? <laughs> 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 all right sorry serious question <laughs> 35 is no rubbing duh yeah it's <laughs> the biggest every toyota dreams be on 35s <laughs> i mean true you don't get the look without unless it. if you're an 80 then it's 37s <laughs> yeah <laughs> speaking of so, 37s jeff when no. you going too many other things. I want my AHC to work still. If I put 37s, it'll stop working, I heard. Did you not listen to anything? <laughs> That's what the internet said. If I take it out, I can do 38 and a half. Those like mile stars or whatever they are. Those cool ones. <laughs> no. 37s are just too much. I live on a mountain. Driving up and down the hill, I barely make it up as it is. So 37s. Man, you probably wouldn't be able to stop going down. Yeah. So. <laughs> and I just built the trailer, so it's, or still building the trailer, so I don't think I'll be able to pull that thing up the hill if I'm 37s. Nope. I don't want to re-gear right now. Nope. <clears throat> so, A-Track. Y'all ready? Tell us about it. I'm what ready. is it? So, A-Track stands for Active Tracks Control. It's a real complicated little name there. Um, <laughs> it's essentially just an advanced traction control. So before I get into what a track is, we should probably talk about what traction control is and how it works. Uh, so you're probably most familiar with ABS, any lock brake system. Um, traction control is ABS. ABS is traction control. The whole goal of traction control is to prevent unwanted wheel like movement or rotation. So for ABS, it uh, prevents wheel lockup when you're braking. So you want like a controlled, um, you know, slow down. And if you're, anyways, we don't need to get into ABS, but uh, for low traction situations, traction control helps with wheel slip. And it works using wheel speed sensors. So modern vehicles have a wheel speed sensor on all four uh, wheels. And uh, those wheel speed sensors do exactly what their name is. They determine wheel speed. And they do so using a tone wheel. There's like a tone wheel that spins at the same rate as the wheel that's the thing like when you take uh, off your your brakes you see like the little ridges and stuff exactly it kind of looks like a gear um oh. it's just it's like toothed there's um, different kinds right it's used in they have different kind of i think i've seen a couple different kinds <clears throat> yeah i i for i really only researched 100 gotcha. series but um generally speaking they're similar uh they're also used for like uh timing on engines like your crank position sensor uses a tone wheel like a trigger hmm. wheel uh your cam position sensor probably uses one too etc etc um so there's various types of wheel speed sensors but most commonly it's just a hall effect sensor and those use a magnet in like the simplest sense uh it like as the tone as the, like each tooth of the tone wheel passes that hall effect sensor it changes the reluctance that change oh, reluctance was that another one of those crazy this. words you're just making up <laughs> mega, mega pascals reluctance i just it essentially the sensor counts each pass there of the go. teeth so the faster the the 
the tone wheel is spinning, the faster your wheel is spinning, the faster the wheel speed, and the computer knows how fast you're going from that. Like the the ABS or traction control computer, the ECU. So wait, let me ask you this: Have you seen like the old school music boxes where it's like a a, a round cylinder yep. and it hits different? Okay, so that's kind of what you're yep. talking about. You spin that thing faster, the music plays exactly. Faster. Spin it slower. Oh, when okay, I was googling okay. how to describe tone wheel, because I know what it looks like visually, but I'm talking to you. I don't have you know. Yeah, I need to sure. be able to describe it. Those little things were was the first result. So that's exactly what okay, it would be. It's it's very yeah. similar, and that's actually why it's called a tone wheel. Because it makes tones. Um, So your ABS module slash ECU uh, controls your traction control. It has valves, it has a pump, and it has a computer, obviously. Um, The computer monitors the wheel speed and uses the valves and the pumps to actuate the brakes as needed to control your wheel speed. Uh, It takes into consideration things like your throttle input, your braking force, and your acceleration or deceleration. Um, So the Mm. goal is for the wheels to all be moving at the same rate. And uh, traction control is different than vehicle stability control. Uh, vehicle stability control is like if you're sliding um, and like the vehicle is steering not as you are steering with the steering wheel, that's when vehicle stability control comes into play. So like if you're if you're having like okay. understeer, so like your front is kind of sliding, or if you have oversteer, so your rear sliding, Stability control will step in and like break a certain wheel to kind of pull you back in because you can kind of turn with braking. Interesting. Similar to how the 200 series have the tight turn button, it like breaks Mm -hmm. the inner wheel on the rear. Is that the is that the light that turns on whenever I rent a car? (laughs) (laughs) It has like a picture of a car (laughs) with like the swervy and the danger sign. Exactly. That's what when you pull the e brake. Allows you to slide gotcha. rear out on a front wheel. Yeah. So that's... Enterprise, if you're listening. <laughs> Sorry. He's, he's just kidding. <laughs> so that's stability control. We're, we'll be focusing strictly on traction control, which sole purpose is for all wheels to try to be spinning at the same rate. Or at least the like intended rate, based on th- throttle input and wheel speed. So that takes us... That's like a little bit of a background on what traction control is, so you can kind of have an understanding of how A-Track works in a basic sense. Um, so this, I own a 100 series, so my research is specific to that. Uh, on 100 series, A-Track is always on, which is really great because you don't have to like think about turning it on. You don't have to think about doing anything. It's just there to help you when hmm. it's needed. On some other Toyota vehicles like Tacomas and 4Runners and FJ Cruisers, they require you to be in four low and you have to like either turn a knob or push a button or something and that will turn on a track um so a track works by using the brakes to grab a spinning wheel and that allows like so if a wheel is spinning it's because it doesn't have any traction and when it when you grab that spinning wheel the other wheel that's not spinning typically has the traction so if you grab the spinning wheel it allows the torque to transfer to the wheel with traction which therefore moves so that's why we have open diffs, right? Yep. Or no limited slips. To help anything. explain that, yep, my, my next step in the notes <laughs> is to explain how differentials work. Because in order to understand like how all that works, it's kind of a good idea to have a basic idea of differentials. Um, so differentials in a basic sense are designed to <clears throat> compensate for the differential in distance that you're passenger and driver side wheels travel when you're going through a turn so like steve and i were talking earlier if you think about a track you know it's oval shaped the runner on the inside runs technically a shorter distance through the turns than the runner on the outside because the radius of that circle is larger therefore the circumference of the circle is larger therefore you travel a larger a longer distance so if you have open differentials you're able to turn smoothly you know your wheels don't chirp if you ever have any like drift boyfriends who have welded rear diffs <laughs> when they're parking <laughs> like in a parking lot oh, or something man. their wheels are chirping because the wheels are trying to spin at the same rate but they're not traveling at the same the same distance um so that's differentials and with an open diff when you're off-roading or in a low traction situation, 
100% of the torque will go to the wheel or the output with the least traction. So like if you if you're driving result- your your tire gets stuck in a mud pit on the right-hand side, the power yep. for the whole vehicle can get go straight to that tire. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, so differentials like the path of least resistance. <clears throat> and that's how the old old school four-wheel drives worked, right? Like the old Defenders, the old Jeeps, just open differentials. Uh, and that's how they, they would get stopped quite a bit just because if you don't have any sort of traction, say if you're in some off-camber situations, mm-hmm. a tire is lifted. Mm, exactly. Okay, cool. Uh, so skinny pedal. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's when momentum is key. <laughs> Um, so to kind of dive a little deeper into open diffs and how that operates off road, I'm going to use the 100 series as an example, which is a common trend. <laughs> uh, so your engine ha- outputs rotational power to your transmission, which outputs that rotation to the transfer case, uh, which in for a 100 series in effect is effectively an open center differential. There is no viscous coupler. There's, I mean, you have the ability to lock it, but in its like sitting, sitting state, it's an open differential. So that then transfers power to your rear drive shaft and your front drive shaft. And uh, because that transfer case is open, singularly the front or the rear drive shaft can receive 100% of torque. Hmm. So... Because of that, then you can have 100% of torque going to the right rear wheel or the front left wheel. Any one wheel can have 100% of and torque. That's, so if you like put... That's kind of the difference between like all-wheel drive and four-wheel drive, right? To an extent? Yeah. All-wheel all drive is, is typically like an, a reactionary system. So like on Hondas, their all-wheel drive is like a... Um, there's like a clutch in the rear diff or something that will engage when the computer senses low traction to give those rear wheels power. But on the 100 series, it's full-time four-wheel drive because it's open center diff and then open front and rear diffs. So uh, if you have equal traction from the transfer case, you'll have a 50-50 torque split. So typically when you're driving down the road, you just have 50-50. And then as I said earlier, for the front and rear differentials, since it's all open all the way through, 100% can go to one wheel. Um, so if you lock your center diff, you lock 50% of the torque to the rear, and you lock 50% of the torque to the front. So at all times, your okay. front and rear drive shafts will be spinning at the same rate, with the same amount of torque going through the both of them. Um, so this way, if you have one rear wheel with no traction, you'll still move because the front has power or torque going to it. Um, but as I experienced trying to drive up my steep driveway last week in the freak ice storm that Nashville got, <laughs> if you have a front wheel with no traction and a rear wheel with no traction and only your center diff is locked, you will not move. <clears throat> with Was that in, and then, were you in four low or were you in four high? Uh, it really wouldn't have mattered. A-track, for some reason, wasn't working because I was like turning into uh, my driveway via alley access. So I was like turning, trying to get up. One wheel was spinning on the front, one wheel was spinning on the back, and it just didn't want gotcha. to go anywhere. I was able to back up and realign oh, okay. and go up it, no problem. But um, just in that specific instance, it was kind of an example. Where if you have center diff locked, one front wheel, one rear wheel, no traction, you won't move. Now, do you think that was more because you were turning into it, or so? If I understand you correctly, if you're going straight, it would have. It would have started working, A-Track? Uh, yeah, you think A-Track can definitely okay. help, um, and I'll get into mm-hmm. that. Now I'm just kind of describing, like, no traction control, just how diffs work. Gotcha. Um, okay, yep. Now, if you have a locker on one axle, in addition to your center locker, uh, following the transfer case to that locked axle, you'll have a 50% torque split going to that dr- drive shaft to the lock axle, mm-hmm. and then because that axle is locked, you'll have 25% torque to each wheel. And uh, so okay. you'll the, the split will be like 50% rear, like if you have a rear locker, 50% rear, 25% right rear, 25% left rear, and then you'll have 50% to the front, and then 50% can go to either wheel because that diff is open. So mm-hmm. if 
you have uh, so in that case you only need one wheel on the lock differential to have traction in order to move the vehicle so you can have your front two no traction and your rear left no traction but if your center diff locked and rear diff locked and your right rear has traction you'll move um, which is great but if you if your rear has no traction and your front only has one wheel that has traction you won't move which is unfortunate hmm. uh, but like Jeff's 80 if you're triple locked You'll have 50% torque split to front and rear axles, and then you'll have 50% of that 50% torque split to the, each side. So each tire will get 25% torque and will move at the same rate no matter what. Yeah, basically, Which like there's no because there's no circumstance when you're all locked up that the front any front wheel or any rear wheel will be spinning at a different speed. Everything will be going the same speed no matter what. Exactly. So in that case, you only need one wheel to have traction in order to move, which is why Jeff's 80 can do what Jeff's 80 does, <laughs> <laughs> which is really, it's really cool. I mean, obviously, you know, lockers have some shortcomings, but we don't really need to get into that because it's really situational. Um, but now that we can kind of understand how lockers or how differentials work, excuse me, it helps understand how a track works. So like I said earlier, it prevents wheel slip that will allow torque to transfer to that spinning wheel and zero torque to go to the wheel that actually has traction. So A-Track will work by grabbing, like using brakes, it'll grab that spinning wheel, which then transfers the torque over to the wheel that has traction, and then you move. So like if you're, so say, you know, you're playing around your neighborhood and you get into a ditch and your front right wheel is off the ground and your rear left wheel is off the ground and you're in that ditch without a track those two wheels off the ground are going to get all the power exactly and they'll just be spinning exactly. and you'll be sitting there wondering why aren't the wheels that are touching the ground getting any power exactly yep i drive a four-wheel drive toyota why am i not getting out of this ditch right should have bought a nissan kind of thing <laughs> well then, then it goes to show like so a vehicle that that is an all-time four-wheel drive maybe just a rear-wheel drive pickup truck they're probably in that instance would only have one wheel essentially that would that would be able to get power at any time correct yeah okay. yeah it's 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 really interesting like how simple but also how interesting differentials are and how the torque split operates and how you can lock them up to do certain things. And then also how A-Track essentially acts as like an on-demand locker. Um, A-Track is like an automated limited slip in a sense. Mm-hmm. You know, a computer controlled. Um, and if anybody wants to look more into like all-wheel drive versus four-wheel drive and how differentials work, there's a guy on YouTube named Engineering Explained. And he goes, yeah. you think I go oh, yeah. deep into things? This guy is nuts. I mean, it's it's incredible. He's super smart, mm-hmm. way smarter than me. Um, so if you want to know more about it, definitely watch him on YouTube. Yeah, um, there was a video I saw a long time ago, and it was like an old-timey video. Oh, that was the best. I don't know. I, yeah. But it, yeah, that was yeah. the one that really, like, I, I finally it understood makes it so differentials. Simple when I watched right? that video and it was like almost like it was like a carriage or like an old model a four mm-hmm. they were, mm-hmm. they were talking about. And I was just yep. like, Oh, that shit makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's, that's where it like, that's why I say it's so simple, but like mm-hmm. for some reason it's just, it's just really hard to visualize, especially with the hundred series. Cause it's three open diffs. Like people on the Facebook page will be like, you know, can I jack up one wheel and spin it? Well, if all your diffs are open, yeah, because that's how that system works, or that's how differentials work. Um, mm-hmm. And then, kind of on the locker talk, like one question slash concern I see a lot with adding lockers to a vehicle that has a track is, will will my lockers mess up a track? Is it will it work? Is is there something that's gonna you know change or break? The answer is no. A track loves lockers because lockers lock your wheel speed in so a track's whole goal mm-hmm. is for all four wheels to be spinning at the same rate and if you have lockers that's exactly what they're going to do so the a track computer's gonna be like dang this guy's cruising down the road like <laughs> i'm this better is awesome. than i thought i really was. You're, yeah you're you're mobbing on some trail um and then I, I i found a really awesome post on i hate mud by a gentleman named 2000 uzj 
where he gave both anecdotal and research informa- researched information on 100 series mm-hmm. 100 series a track specifically like how to best utilize it uh, how it works etc cetera, etc cetera. i've kind of gone into how it works and what it is so i'll give some of the um information and, and tips that he gave um so for 100 series a track unfortunately we can only affect two wheels at a time um so like if you had a situation where you had one wheel with traction and three without you're probably not going anywhere but like mm-hmm. in lj's situation where you're stuck in a ditch and you got two tires without traction you're probably going to get out um on newer vehicles like the fj cruisers and the tacomas and the forerunners they updated the a track system to where it can affect three at a time and it also uh collects data a little faster so it might be a little quicker to react but uh in practice the 100 the 100 series a track slays off-road and at least in visual comparison to other vehicles so i'm not really sure maybe just some some crazy toyota land cruiser hoodoo voodoo (laughs) that isn't as good on paper but much better in practice um now let me ask you this: um, Does a track have anything to do with the crawl control? And I know what crawl control is at a high level; it's like off-road cruise control, mm-hmm. right? But I've seen videos where they'll bury a, a Tacoma with crawl control, and then like all the way up to its frame, and then it'll it'll eat its way out of that sand or, or whatever it was in there. D- does a track also have uh, a component in that, or is it is that a hundred percent just? crawl control so crawl control is controlled with a track and oh cool the (laughs) yeah yeah no and it's really awesome how crawl control works it's it's essentially low speed cruise control Mm -hmm. but you don't have to have any throttle input so it's essentially you're telling the, the vehicle i want you to move at one mile per hour and only one mile per hour and I don't care what you're going over or what else is happening, you're going to do that. And you can you can notch up the speed, you know, two, three, four miles an hour, whatever. Uh, but it's, sorry, the dog. Uh, it's fantastic because <laughs> in some situations, you know, the precise throttle input to maintain a, a, you know, a good speed to walk over an obstacle is difficult. Mm-hmm. And that's where crawl control comes in. So it's, it's a combination of cruise control and A-track to assist with that. So that's how crawl control works. So that's interesting because if it's if you're able to set and I have no experience with crawl mm-hmm. control, but if you're able to set a um, a certain speed, it's more of a predictive versus a reactive system, right? So it's saying, uh, or do you, I guess, are you do you disagree with that, or is it maybe I'm not? <laughs> Y'all didn't see John's right? head tilt back and forth as he was explaining. Yeah, this <laughs> Sorry. whole frame. <laughs> I would say I would say it's both. It's a set speed that okay. reacts to external s- situations or stimuli to maintain mm-hmm. that that intended speed. That speed. Cuz oh, it's okay, okay. It it has a, a want which is to travel at this mile per hour. Mm-hmm. There are situations such as wheel spin wheel spin due to low traction mm-hmm. situations that it will then react to to grab to continue traveling at that same speed. So crawl control on a flat smooth consistent traction surface is just going to be a slow creep but crawl control mm-hmm. up or down or whatever uh you know rocks or mu- or probably not mud but rocks and things like that very int- very traction mm-hmm. situations will be a both set and reactive system does that make sense interesting yeah no absolutely um so yeah that's that's crawl control 200 series have it i want it Mm-hmm. Or GX460, <laughs> you can just buy a module and a switch and add crawl control and multi-terrain select, which is really great. Huh, that's cool. And that's I guess wild. that's a good segue. Multi-terrain select just Boom. kind of I was curious about tailors, that. tailors how the traction control reacts to throttle input, wheel slip, etc. So like if you're in ice, throttle input needs to be very smooth and wheel spin mitigation so like that braking needs to be very smooth because the last thing you want on ice is wheel spin that is uncontrolled because that's when you start sliding and then you're done um so kind of like those like pedal command yeah like those like pedal commanders and all the throttle devices that make you feel like your car is faster but it's not same exact thing just same yes same exact thing so you can 
just change how the traction control behaves, like essentially its mood, which is really handy for mm-hmm. certain situations. Um, so that's all that. Uh, what's kind of neat, since the 100 series is, A-Track is always on, it actually behaves and responds differently based on the state that the vehicle is in, in terms of like your transfer case and your center diff lock. So if you're in four high and you're cruising through a low traction situation, uh, your fluid pressure control, so how quickly the ABS computer or the A-Track computer can actuate those brakes is very gradual. So it'll be like kind of a, a sudden, like a slow and easy grabbing of the brakes, which could help if you're on ice because you don't want um, sudden wheel stoppage. Uh, but if you're in sure. four low... <laughs> You have sudden fluid pressure control, so those valves and that pump are, are, are ready to go. Like, I'm, I'm in this. I'm going to do it. I'm going to get you out of this. Um, and then <laughs> we end this bitch. Yeah, it's like a 16-year-old exactly. on prom. Exactly. He's ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you're in four low and first gear, this was a, a an interesting point uh, because there was one statement and then the complete opposite statement directly after. Uh, so if you're in four low and you put the transmission shift selector in L or first gear, mm-hmm. the gentleman noted that your fluid pressure control is only for the front wheels, which can be very helpful really? if you are in a downhill situation. So like a descent control, because if you start locking mm-hmm. up your rear wheels, you're going to slide. But if you're going down and you're only controlling the front wheels, it'll help you do a controlled descent. But then someone else came in right after that and said, uh, that they quoted a Toyota manual and that it does actually monitor the rear wheels in addition to the front wheels and is actually a super aggressive A-Track situation. So I don't know which one it is. I guess I'll find out next time I'm out. I'll switch between yeah. drive and, and L and see if I notice a difference like climbing up When I had my When I had my 100 any... series, I, I used it all over the place and I would strictly use it. I'd manually shift it to the gear that I needed. So going through an obstacle, I would mm-hmm. use low, and it would work. I feel like the same as it would in just drive. the The only time that it didn't work was when you were applying too much throttle, and it would just kind of mm-hmm. it would just kind of cut out. From my experience, mm-hmm. so that that experience right there could prove that the correction is correct, because you've done. I've I've watched you in videos on your Instagram where you're crawling through like sand moguls or whatever and your front and rear tire, your front right and your left rear are off the ground and you're getting through it with a track. So if you were an L at that point, your rear wouldn't do anything and you probably wouldn't Yeah, from my, from my, I think I read this in the Toyota manual because there's a section on it or I don't know where I read this, but it, a track only allows the control of two wheels at the same time. And that would mm-hmm. be yeah. Newer systems do three. That would be yep. one in the front and one in the rear, because you have that mm-hmm. locker. And does it only? It only comes on when you have the center diff locked, right? For one hundred series, it's on all really? the time. Doesn't matter. Huh. Yeah, center diff lock, disengage, engage. There's a lot of times where I want to maybe it was know, just the flex <laughs> Leroy a little bit, and I'll go. I'll crawl up something with the center diff unlocked, just so I can be like, here's how cool a track is. So, yeah, it wouldn't work as optimum with the center diff locked because it can only control two tires. Correct. So it could technically control. It wouldn't. It wouldn't have that fifty-fifty split, right? So let's say you had, you know, it wouldn't have the help from the center yeah. diff lock. Yeah, maybe that's what it was when, um, I, when I was testing it out. Yeah, I mean center diff lock. You know. Some people don't like to turn it on until they really need it, but it really does help a lot off But turning it off also turns off your ABS, so you're actually able to stop in the dirt and lock up the tires. So center diff lock engage disables your vehicle stability control, so your ABS will still be a thing because vehicle stability control is only when you're sliding. Maybe it's four low. Four low ABS goes off? Uh, de- uh, I don't know. I think... I think ABS is still in because ABS and A-Track are kind of the same thing. I mean, obviously, ABS is a specific yeah, like output of, tra- of A-Track, but that's a good question. I'll, I'll have to try that. I, don't, I, don't, I couldn't imagine that it would, but it might. I think it turns the ABS off. There's a, the light on there. Doesn't it say? Maybe it says 
That's VSC. Hmm. So when the ABS comes on, that doesn't necessarily... Well, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll just have to check. It, it's really... I think that light is more of an indication that some part of the ABS computer... Gotcha. ...is disabled, which is typically VSC. But I could My, be wrong. And we'll have to find out next time. I'm looking round. at a picture. So. My ABS light turns on when I when I drop mm-hmm. it into four low. It's Obviously, it's, I have an 80 yeah. series, so that's different than the 100s. But my ABS mm. turns so, off when I lock it. And that's, that's one of the advantages that people do. Like I think it's like this called the 7-pin mod where they actually yeah. allows you to um, have the center diff locked not in 4 low in the 80 series because I don't have a button like yeah. you guys. Oh, that's like pre-runner style. And right? then they do a similar mod on like 98, 99, yeah. 100 series because if you put it in four low, it automatically engages your center diff lock. And if you do that pin mod, you're able um, to go into four low without your okay. center diff locked. Does the 100 do that? You know, does the, like on a boat does the uh, 2000 and up do that? No. no. Yeah, yeah. When not. I go in four low, I have to, I have to actually yeah, put my center was, diff that's lock what I was thinking. On. My yeah. wife says the 99, 99, but I've never used the center diff lock or locker. <laughs> <laughs> just goes, yeah. It just goes to the, the grocery store. <laughs> As 100 series were intended. Um, so when you're using A-Track, you'll feel it and you'll hear it. You'll feel the brake pedal pulsing um, and you'll hear the popping and whatnot. Um, and there's actually a limit to the duration of operation. So it's limited to about 8 to 13 seconds. And it will start beeping at you and it will shut off. I've had that happen. No matter what you're doing. And it's... It's kind of worrisome when it starts beeping because you never want your truck to beep at you. But it's just the A-Track saying like, hey, please stop. Um, so if you just chill for a second, it'll cool down. It's really just an overheat protection because... I was going to ask what's that. Yeah, the, the okay. ABS computer and actuator are just pumping those brakes. And that's, that's mm-hmm. a lot. You know, It's a lot on the you system. Can get this, you, can, um, you can hear what it sounds like, guys. If you just go in your car with it running... And you push the brake pedal on, off, on, off, on, off, like 15, 20 times, you'll actually hear that alarm turn on. So if you just pump the brakes like 15 or 20 times, oh, you'll actually hear that that creepy sound that I was talking about yeah. in a couple episodes ago. Yeah. You'll actually hear it and you can see. That's one of the things, too, if you guys are buying a 100 series, is perform that to hear the, the, the buzzer and then wait for the pump to turn off. Yeah. If you're off-roading and you hear a constant beep like a tone a constant tone sorry not a constant beep like a like what jeff just did i'm not gonna do it because yeah that (laughs) that's not good you need to pull over let your system cool down because that isn't indicative of a like a failing abs pump or motor or something which is not good you won't have any brakes now, when the A-Track is overheating, it's just a beeping. So it's the same tone, but it's just beep, 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 beep. I got a question on that. So as I told y'all on my trip this weekend, I listened to all of the episodes of Bankrupt Overland. Pat myself on the back again for that one. Um, Thanks for all the downloads. Uh, <laughs> pump those numbers up, baby. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, Jeff, you said on one of the episodes that we have manual brakes in the 100 series, and so even if – your brake booster goes out or brake pump goes out, you still have brakes. Yeah, it's a, John, it's a fail-safe system. You just said that you don't have any brakes if that doesn't work. And so I've seen both as well. What is the answer? You have So you have full manual brakes. You have no brake assist. So if your car is off, you can still slow down. It's really hard. And you're pushing both feet on the pedal, but you can still stop. And it's it's a it's designed so you, it's a fail safe system. So if you lose vacuum pressure, if your engine dies, you still have the ability to stop the vehicle because there's a there's a piston that's connected from your brake pedal into the master cylinder, and that's physically pushing the fluid. When you have the ABS pump engaged, it actually just helps assist, kind of like a brake booster on a normal car where you have the yep, vacuum yep. assist. Mm-hmm. Um, and you notice on yeah, we don't have a vacuum right from our engine yep. into that booster yeah do we no no we do not or is it just the pump there's just right? wires it's just the pump it's that does it completely yeah. pump yeah. actuated yeah. Yeah. yeah that's the same for it's like on the jeep you have a you have a vacuum hose yep. that goes into the brake booster and that's what gives you your your, your assist exactly yeah. same for my 80 series it has the assist and i don't think that you would be able to get the same performance out of it 
as you would if you didn't have the electric motor for the traction control system. So like you have to have that pump. Right. So it actually builds up that pressure and can keep building the pressure when needed. Where my 80 series, if you push the brake pedal three, four times, your vacuum's kind of gone and you're you're kind of on manual brakes there. Yeah, so in contrast to what Jeff has said, I've I've read that's John's Many nice way of saying that- you're fucking wrong. <laughs> Let's go, motherfucker. Let's go. That was my corporate email response. Um, With all due respect, <laughs> per my read, last email, I've I've read multiple accounts that you have zero brakes. Um, I know that manual brakes are a thing, but I I I'll have to look more into it and could maybe answer it in a future podcast. What about this, Jeff? What was your what was the year of your 100? Mine was a 2000. No, maybe it wouldn't be any difference. It's a 2000. Yeah, it wouldn't oh, matter. Okay. Any uh, any vehicle okay. But I'm any vehicle or the newer vehicles, maybe like a Tesla, maybe not, but any new vehicle is it's I don't think they make a vehicle that is not manually producing the the power for the brakes. So you still have that connection because hmm. your your brake connects into a master cylinder you still have a master cylinder and you do the, but remember if you if you pump your brakes over and over again the function is to relieve brake pressure from the system and put it into the master cylinder reservoir so if that was the case you could you could break enough times when you have manual brakes to lose complete brake pressure and then you'd have no real ability to build that pressure back up because the fluid would just be going into the reservoir instead of through it would it would lines. be so when the a tracks working, you have your foot off the brake and it has the ability to bypass that fluid to where if you have your foot on the brake, once you start pushing on the brake, there's no seal or anything holding that. All that fluid pressure is going straight, straight into the brake lines. So what, with a track working, you can't have your foot touching the brake. As soon as you touch your foot on the brake, it disengages the system. So you can't two True. foot, you can't two foot, uh, a track. You cannot. Yeah. That was always a technique of the the older four wheel drives. Is you would yep. you would um, use the braking and gas to to kind of simulate getting up out and out of over something. So for example, in LJ Scrambler, he could have used that. Maybe if 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 he had a few less beers, he could have maybe used that <laughs> to get up over the <laughs> that red clay rally video oh. I seen with you just fucking sending it. But uh, <laughs> yeah, the. We don't if drink left beers for break, the rally. We drink moonshine. <laughs> Let's get it right. Just before lunch. Just, just moonshine and rum. If you're so, Jeff, I think I think you are correct. Oh, play like, that back. No, oh, man. <laughs> it's just I don't want people to think that they're going to be able to stop their land. No, yeah. When the pump goes out, because your brake force is going to be very, 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 very low. Yeah, if you hear that, it's going to be a bad that time. Buzzing. That means you're you're you don't have enough pressure in the system to mm-hmm. stop like normal. And, and to John's point, if you go back to that episode, Jeff did say he was consistently downshifting to use his mm-hmm. transmission to slow the car and also using his two emergency feet. brake. <laughs> yeah, two feet too. <laughs> and his two feet. So he was using all of the um, braking accessories a Land Cruiser has. Please don't sue <laughs> us. Without- <laughs> We're a small operation. <laughs> yeah. By- Disclaimer, we are not experts, and this is not intended for the uh, advisement of how to do things. This is just for fun and conversation and casual drinking. We are drinkers with a podcasting problem. That's, that's a very accurate description. I thought it was the other way around. We don't, we don't want to drink alone, so we hop on a podcast. That's, that's right. What it is. Put the kids to bed and get on a podcast, right? <laughs> That's how you safely. So, have any of y'all driven like a? Have any of y'all driven an older vehicle? I mean, like seventies. And I don't know what year your vehicle is, LJ, or your scrambler. What year is that? Okay, so the vehicle that I've driven that was early seventies. The braking, I I don't think it had. I think it was just manual brakes, right? Like there's no sort of vacuum pump or anything. Is that similar to when you lose brakes? Because I remember. And it was a pretty, I mean, it was a pretty fast car, but it just took so long and so much effort to stop. You didn't vehicle. have, you didn't have Even a booster. Even just in the neighborhood. So like if you look on an inside of a car, you'll have a brake booster and it's a very big round okay. uh, thing that's right, right in front of the master cylinder. 
basically like right the, where yeah, your so brake pedal would be it, it would it connects to your brake pedal so it's it's yeah. at the level where mm-hmm. your brake pedal okay. would be usually it's up a little bit higher but it physically mm-hmm. connects yeah and yeah. that's against the firewall mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay and it's yeah. neat because the company that i used to work for yay new job uh bosch supplied <laughs> brake boosters both electronic like the 100 series and uh mechanical and they work there's like a the mechanical ones work because the engine provides vacuum to one side like a brake booster is mm-hmm. a, a large diaphragm uh, like, yeah it's it's like a pie shaped thing and there's a diaphragm in the middle one side mm-hmm. has vacuum and the other side is pressure and the vacuum actually assists you pushing those brakes it's i i have no idea how it works oh, okay. so well but you are pulling a vacuum with your engine because it's sucking and the air crazy in. thing it's only like you know a couple mm-hmm. psi you're looking at like five six seven psi and that yeah that can basically put you know thousands of pounds of of pressure into the hydraulic system yeah it's cool how like just a little bit of like hydraulic assist can do so much on the end to like stop your vehicle um so yeah brakes are Brakes so Steve, <laughs> to your point on like, you know, having an older vehicle with no power brakes, how can you actually stop that? Mm-hmm. But if you have a vehicle with power brakes and you lose the power assist, why is it mm-hmm. so, so hard to push that brake pedal? And it's all based off of yeah. the size of the calipers on each brake system. And then also oh, the size of okay. the, the piston inside the brake master cylinder. So it all works off of volume. So Interesting. I don't know how to explain it. I'm not good at this, but I've, I've seen a couple of videos where people take syringes like, and they hook them up. They put water mm-hmm. inside of them, and then they hook lines to other syringes, and they make like, um, like tractor claws, like excavator claws for kids and stuff. Oh, so I have seen that. Imagine yeah. a yeah. cylinder. That's, let's say this is your brake cylinder where it's an inch around, and it has fluid in it. If, mm-hmm. you, if you push it, one inch and you have four calipers that have a piston size of a half inch that one inch on this end mm-hmm. would equal to one inch on those ends because there's four of them so that's my best explanation mm. but they would differ, no, differentiate the size of the master cylinder piston mm-hmm. and the size of the pistons on each um, caliper and back then they had drum brakes which don't need as much force, I don't think, as disc brakes because you have a lot more pad area. Wow. They also suck. Yeah, they <laughs> suck. I mean, they work. I mean, like semi-trucks are still yeah. using them. There's yeah. also Tacomas that have them. Yeah. <laughs> the Tacoma. Brand new, I'm sure Nissan's Brand new too. truck, and you have, you have uh, drum brakes in the back, so that's pretty cool. Uh, Steve, hmm. was it a old GM vehicle? No, no. This was a, an old 70s Porsche. Mm. Um, in so that case, it might have just been because yeah. so your brakes can be bad because of either factory no power assist or a leaking brake booster. Mm-hmm. If you have a leak, you won't have as much vacuum assist. It can be mm-hmm. bad brake fluid because brakes operate on the inc- incompressible nature of hydraulic fluid. Um, but if you get oh, okay. if you get air bubbles in there, uh, when you push the brake, it should be a direct, you know effect on the brake pedals so you you push sure. the brake pedal it's a linear effect but if you mm-hmm. have air in those lines the air can be uh compressed therefore reducing your braking ability so it could have been a number of things interesting okay well that that might yeah that might explain it the the, the vehicle i was driving uh it wasn't driven a whole lot so yeah. um, i don't know brakes are just change super your brakes fascinating change now let me fluid. let me yeah yeah, yeah brake fluid over time <laughs> breaks down it allows water and and air in and it's just mm. not that's why you have to bleed your brakes it's a good idea to flush it blah yeah. blah blah now let me let me kind of bring it back to to a track oh um, yeah so in the, yeah oh yeah the, the topic it's what all we, brakes <laughs> well it is brakes it is like at the end of the stop day it, it is for right. sure stop for it. sure stop it <laughs> so my other vehicle my other full drive vehicle was a uh, manual jeep wrangler rubicon, uh, wasn't a rubicon it was a sahara so it had the traditional <laughs> the gagging sound from uh, john it had the traditional two high four high neutral four low um and because it was a manual 
it wasn't as easy as just point and shoot and you got up the hill, right? You kind of had to select the gear. And But what I found was so fascinating is if I dropped it into four low, put it in first, it was like a downhill, you know, uh, descent control. Mm-hmm. Now, in in terms of A-tracks, is it as easy as picking high range, low range, drive and point and shoot? Or do you still kind of have to to get the most capability out of a tracks i guess is what i'm asking is there a, is there maybe a certain situation where it works better in, in others or, or not that was my next point in my bullets <laughs> <laughs> was how to best use a track so uh to answer your question a track it's I'm, I'm just gonna have to go through my notes like how i wrote them because they kind of build on each other i don't want to like say my last point before i can explain why with the first point kind of thing um so to answer your question 100 a track on 100 series does not affect engine rpm so you know how some traction control systems you you floor it and you're in a low traction situation the engine goes Mm -hmm. you know it it doesn't it doesn't Mm -hmm. linearly react to your pedal input which is great because then you have complete control over your engine RPM and can mm-hmm. let the system work if you know how to control your throttle. So to your question, lower controlled RPMs is best. So like 1200 to 2200, the 100 series 4.7 okay. the 2UZ has tons of torque down low, which helps tremendously, mm-hmm. especially when you give it the, the, the gear advantage in 4 low because you can create torque with mm-hmm. gears. Um, so... Controlled throttle input, low and slow, and you'll just kind of crawl. Kind of like a crockpot, low um, and slow. Exactly, you'll make great queso. <laughs> <laughs> Go too fast, and you'll burn the cheese. Um, if you lock your center diff, Pro that tip. helps because it gives the system okay. less wheel spin to deal with because you've locked mm-hmm. torque front and rear. And mm-hmm. anecdotally, people have reported that a track works best when your steering wheel is straight. So you want to have minimal hmm. steering input. And just pick your line and try to try to keep that line. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm, I guess that's because it's just difficult to grab, like going up like an off camber thing. If your wheels turn, it's just not. I think not it's as like the wheel speed. So if you're turning right, you know your the your inside speed, yeah. wheels turning yeah. faster or sorry slower than your outside wheel. So it can't it can't do it. It doesn't know what to do. Yeah, that's a great point because then the computer has to think like, oh hey. This guy's in a turn, so his wheel speeds. He doesn't know the turn anyways. input, though, right? <clears throat> so it's just yeah. literally blind. You have a blindfold on, and you're just like, "Why is this happening?" Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And then my last point: just be weary of like runaway wheel spin, uh, because as I said earlier, the A track does not can, like does not throttle your engine RPM. It's all it's. If you push down that pedal, the engine's gonna rev up. Mm-hmm. Um, so just be wary when you're going through. If you're in a, if you put your vehicle in like four low and L, and the A track's very aggressive, it's possible that it could grab a spinning wheel so hard that it shears your your differential. Oh wow! Probably not Sheesh. likely. Um, sure. Especially because the 98, 99, 100 series did not have A track, and they had the weaker front diff, but they did have a rear and locker. 98. 98 had it right. 99 didn't. Yeah, both 98 and 99. And then in 2000, Toyota was like, no more lockers except for the center. We're going to beef up the front diff to deal with this new A-track. Uh, so it was kind of their way of like hmm. compensating for the fact that now the front axles would be grabbed by the brakes. Uh, but that's just a generally good suggestion when you're off-roading is to not... I've yeah. seen a lot of videos of like GM vehicles like getting a wheel up in the air <laughs> and they're... Yeah. flooring it and that wheel spin and they come down and they touch the dirt and you hear a lot of grinding noises and they hey, don't Nick. move <laughs> yeah Nick <clears throat> Nick yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's kind of all I've got for notes on a track but I think we have so, a lot more that we can just discuss I mean this is such a interesting topic yeah so before uh, we started recording John and I were talking um, within the group a lot of maybe not a lot of guys but there are some guys that will do the tool drive conversions on 100 series and if you're not familiar with that i don't know all the details john knows more but basically you've you've turned it from a full-time four-wheel drive vehicle to a uh 
two-time or a, a part-time two-wheel <laughs> drive vehicle um, and you have locking front hubs mm-hmm. now right and you need to lock those front hubs in order to be in full drive so do you think Atrax has any sense as to what's going on there or because it's a braking system it doesn't really care so great question uh, I did do a little bit of research beforehand and mm-hmm. uh, it, it will not mess with Atrax because the wheels are not being driven so if your vehicle is not traveling, okay. like I guess if you don't have forward motion, the wheels will not really be spinning. Especially okay. if you're going slow. Now if you have, you know, if you're if you're going quickly and you get a tire up, the momentum is going to keep that wheel spinning, but it'd be very easy for right. A-Track to grab that and quit it from spinning because it has no drive. Um, sure. And then so to answer your question specifically, no there will be no issues with A-Track. Um, and a part-time four-wheel drive conversion. One question was on 80 series part-time four-wheel drive conversions, the ABS tone ring was on the axle, the CV axle on the front. And when they replaced it with a an axle that was part-timeable, you know, with locking hubs, you mm-hmm. lost that tone ring, so you technically lost ABS and traction control. Well, 180 series didn't really have traction control, but you lost a, uh, ABS, ABS altogether. ABS sucks anyways. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you don't need it, whatever. Uh, but on the 100 series, the tone wheel is wheel bearing driven. So if you've ever done your wheel bearings, when you're in mm-hmm. there, you see that little tone wheel, and that's where the ABS mm-hmm. reads, which is why if your wheel speed sensor needs to be replaced and it's on the front, it sucks because you have to pretty much take apart the entire knuckle because they like swell up in the hole and you can't get them out really easily. Anyways, pain Didn't point. Did you do some stories on uh, your wheel speed or um, your wheel uh, wheel bearing on your on your yeah, tell us Instagram? About that oh, no. Uh, so Wait, before we go to that, can we can we talk about why in the hell someone would do a four two wheel drive conversion on a Land Cruiser to begin with? Like, that's my question. But it's so, topic. I don't want to. Like, so the two like, the two wheel drive conversion. Why would you do that? <laughs> you get, like, you get one mile per gallon less gas mileage. So the part time. <laughs> four-wheel drive conversion you put like a i think it's called like a spool or something similar to that in your transfer case and then you have Mm -hmm. hubs that disengage from your that disengage your front cv axles from your wheel spinning so like how our drive flanges are how the 100 series front wheels are driven by the axle if you took out that drive flange the front wheels wouldn't spin it's essentially disconnecting it completely with a manual locking hub so in order to get into four-wheel drive with a part-time four-wheel drive conversion, you do have to lock your center diff as in a typical you know, four-wheel drive truck or whatever, and then you'd have to get out and manually engage your hubs. Reasons for doing the conversion, you don't have any torque steer because you do have torque steer in 100 series. Apparently, it's much nicer on long road trips because you have to have less steering input because there's nothing going to the front wheels. You can just set it where you're going and it goes. I used to go straight, man. Uh, <laughs> uh, and then if you want to have fun and you have a rear diff locker now you're rear wheel drive only and you can do real slides and donuts and whatnot. And okay you got a winner for me that's there the only part yeah totally yeah, kind of cool yeah. in the snow that I couldn't <laughs> go out and do donuts yeah like I really yeah. wanted to do donuts it's a, it's a national pastime of a southern kid <laughs> when it snows is to go do donuts yeah, in the parking lot uh, but I, like, I feel like every time I've read or seen somebody that's done this, it's like they're really overcompensating and trying to tell people how great it is. When for me, I'm like, just go buy a different car, dog. Like, just don't, I mean, just don't I drive you. a Land Cruiser anymore. Like, just go get, get a regular you. old SUV and you're good. I just you don't do, get it. You do have less front driveline wear because there's no power going to it, which is a thing. But you um, have more driveline wear on the rear that's why these not boom. more because it's it's spinning the same it's spinning the same yeah it's pull it's, right, well, what about this pushing you, tires right instead of the instead of the vehicle getting pulled and pushed you're now you've seen how big our rear diff oh. is jeff Hush i'm just now. saying like that's the reason that these <laughs> things have two hundred fifty thousand miles on it <laughs> without having to do anything you know like they have equal i would I would venture to say that you would have less needed maintenance if the if it was part time four wheel drive from the factory, which they do come in in other markets. Hmm. All right, sorry, I just I just think it's 
not have, I just think it's stupid. <laughs> sure. Is what yeah, I and, think. and, uh, I just was wondering why you would do that. Like, what is the I purpose mean, of it? And you got me on are, one. You know, you got me on one. We're, I can do donuts in the snow. <laughs> the donuts. Donuts are dope. <laughs> We're a little cult. We don't like people to do things different. That's not, you know. Just buy a different car. Would you do it, John? If somebody gave me a part-time four-wheel drive kit? No, no, no. If you had to buy it. No, I, w- I wouldn't no one's buy just it, kidding. but if somebody gave it to me, absolutely. <laughs> so I was okay. out there. But then you'd have to get out of your car and lock your hubs. Like, do you know how 1980s that shit is? Yeah, it's old school. I do. I, mean, I got one. Do you it's use annoying. a microwave? Like- <laughs> so I was out in the desert last year, right when... I mean, I don't hit real trails anyways, guys. Come on. Have you even Just used Starbucks H-Rack? like me? <laughs> What's that? So I was in the desert. But you were you were. I was out in the desert yeah. right when COVID happened, and I was doing donuts in the sand. I was in four low in this soft sand patch, and I was kind of kind of sliding in the eighty as much as you could. And all of a sudden, I hear this pop. I'm like, oh fuck, that's not that didn't sound good. So then I'm like, okay, that's fine. I got in four high, and then we drove down the dirt road back, <coughs> to the, back to the pavement, hopped on the pavement, and I started driving, and my whole car started shaking. So I blew a, a front CV on my drive shaft. So I get her, I get underneath there, and I'm like, okay, this is going to suck driving home. So I get underneath there, unbolt the front <laughs> drive shaft while I'm out in the desert, and I don't have a center diff lock unless you go into four low. So I did know that the mm-hmm. hazard switch – if you take the dash apart, there is a connector there, and the hazard switch plugs right into the. <laughs> it plugs right into the. Um, <laughs> it plugs right into the uh, the diff lock the switch. So you basically plug it in. So I was able to um, lock the diff and <laughs> lock the center diff, and it would just be locked. You know, once I push the hazard button, um, and it was sure. cool. So I had rear wheel drive, and I had the ability to go four low in two-wheel drive this is this is when you also did donuts and you i mean not donuts sorry you did a burn yeah yeah in yeah. the series like right after you did this the man just <laughs> ruined the cv axle and did donut or burnouts on his instagram he's like hey kids i was like this. oh i've been wanting to do this for a long time <laughs> see now rear locker two-wheel part-time four-wheel drive kit you could have done donuts in the desert and not broken. I mean, the it was CV. the original CV, so it'd blown. Any- the rear's blown all right now, as it is. The red clay rally blew it, man. It's still going. <laughs> click, 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 How click, 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 click. It clicked. I was, I was dropping the kids off at preschool the other day, and I'm in the parking lot, and I go put it in a drive, and I'm turning, and all of a sudden goes, kink. It's this god awful sound. I'm like, oh, I need to replace that. Everyone, all the moms are looking over, like, you get an email from the PTA. Were you shooting guns off in the parking lot? No, I'm just trying my old shitbox. We have a standard we're trying to uphold. <laughs> so you were you were talking about Instagram. We we got it. We got a handful of minutes left, and I, I do oh, want to get man. on this topic because it, it is important to the world to understand what's going on to John right now. Um, it's bullshit. Total, I've lost total. my identity. I kind of <laughs> wish we put this at the beginning because if people are still in this, they're probably our friends. <laughs> so. No, we, we, uh, we, we carry we carry a decent. We keep most people to the end. This has been a good, yeah. No, I'm just. Uh, just so, so you know, don't don't compare me to YouTube here. We're not YouTube. People don't, <laughs> people don't leave this podcast in the first ten minutes. They stick with us. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Um, in the last tech talk where I talked about AHC, I referenced my Instagram at Lexus Overland, um, and on uh, like a week or two ago. I was doing my thing. I was in the middle of a transfer case, front and rear output shaft seal replacement story DIY (laughs) tutorial thing. And uh, I was typing a group message and a little loading circle came up and a screen popped up and said, your account has been disabled. And I was like, oh, okay. It said, please enter your phone number, your email. We'll verify your information and be in contact with you. may take 24 hours or something like that. I finally got like a... It finally verified my information. You know, I had to like do like a code for my text message or whatever. And then that was it. Uh, when I try to log in, it says cancel or learn more. If I hit learn more, it says we've uh, disabled your account for ver- uh, violating community guidelines. If you feel like this decision was made wrongly, you can click here. Put in my name, my phone number, my Instagram account name, my email. Why I don't think I should have been disabled. 
Mm-hmm. And then they say they'll they'll reach out to you. I've done that every day since like the 10th or the 11th with no response. Um, mm-hmm. The only reason I can think of is I unfollowed like 200 fifth gen Forerunner accounts in like 10 minutes. <laughs> so they might have thought I they might they might have thought I was a bot. But uh, I also posted I had when I had the truck up on my quick jacks, which had the tires on it, and the quick jacks were locked, so they're effectively jack stands. My dog did crawl underneath the truck. I remember that story of it because I thought it was funny. I mean, Murph can pretty much stand up underneath the truck, Uh, so it's possible that somebody reported me for animal abuse and Instagram just saw a dog in a car and nuked my account. Um, mm. So if anybody out there listening has any contacts at Instagram, please reach out to me. How should they reach out to my you on person. Lexus Overland? <laughs> oh. <laughs> my, <laughs> my personal Instagram is at john.haley93. Um, and lady at the hotel who I gave my email address to, that is not the year I graduated college. That is when I was born. Thank you, bald head. <laughs> Um, (laughs) yeah if anybody knows of 13 going on 60 y'all remember how protective john was of his name on the first episode (laughs) dude i had you know there's there's rumor that lexus nuked my account you know lexus if you're listening give it back please i miss his account he'll sell it to you for the right price you know, Not enough to buy it's another. It's like a ZJ. Series. If you got to ask, you can't afford it. But let's just know how much. <laughs> give him, give him a five seventy. That's all he's asking yeah. for. Oh, I'm gonna dude. probably gonna they email. Gave you a, a heritage? Would a heritage get it for you? Oh yeah, are you kidding me? <laughs> Here's my personal. No, so mine. <laughs> you want to delete me from Instagram forever? Sure, I got a heritage. Oh, you couldn't do that. You you have to yeah, show off that heritage. <laughs> I just hop on Twitter. <laughs> nah, I'm probably going to email like their generic email with some, I don't know, fancy, nicely worded thing. But yeah, it sucks. It's, you know, I didn't really care too much about the clout. I'd kind of gotten to a point where people like actually listened to what I was saying, which I thought was really cool. And like I could mm-hmm. help people out and I'd get random messages from people I did not know didn't have mutual followers with like hey man can you help me with this and that's like my jam like i love helping people um so it sucks you know i'm sad about it i had a lot of pictures of my dog a lot of pictures of my truck a lot of memories a lot of info so yeah what if you, create you can't a see the account? tears lexus. you can't see the tears streaming down my face right now but they're there <laughs> what if you create a new account lexus dot overland it's probably what I'm going to have to do. I'm going to sell it to John. I'm going to buy it right or now. Alexis Overland underscore. <laughs> <laughs> <Hold on. laughs> hey, Nick, Nick's already got the account locked down because, because all the crap you're talking about him. <laughs> I bet. I bet. He'll but sell yeah, to you for know, 69 cents. <laughs> <laughs> so if anybody knows of anybody at Instagram that deals with this, please let me know. Uh, but other than that, you know, we will rebuild. It shouldn't take long. You can you can you can get that up pretty quick. I hope so. It took me like two years to get to like thousand followers. That yeah, was, it was my like whole, compound whole time. You'll get. Are they all taken? Yeah. Uh, what are you showing us, that. Jeff? I can't. It, your 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 video. This not. is radio, Jeff. You can't show us things. <laughs> I was trying to show you all the Lexus Overland accounts that are still available. Mm. What are they? Yeah, just, just read them off because it's uh-uh. radio, as John said. <laughs> you guys hear this? <laughs> Jeff is creating emails at this at this point. Yeah, he is. Yeah, but that's a. I guess another you know not sob story reason to bring this up. A bunch of people have found my personal account and been like, "Dude, did you block me?" No, I didn't block you. <laughs> I was one of them. Me. Yeah. I mean, LJ was like... <laughs> I made a funny joke you? about truck nuts, and I thought he blocked me. <laughs> <laughs> That's offensive. <laughs> yeah. I am triggered. So who doesn't love truck nuts? I get it. Some people don't, but so, I do. <laughs> I guess I could just start giving out my email if people have questions. I would create a new email <laughs> for that purpose. <laughs> yeah. But at uh, John.Haley93 is my current account. It's public. Just shoot me a message. So if you got questions, he's the, he's the resident engineer. He knows it all. He's got if you. If he doesn't, he knows a form to find it. Yep. <laughs> I sure think I know it all. 
And if uh, I don't, so he does. <laughs> hey, if you don't have confidence yourself, nobody's going to have confidence in you. Live Amen. by that shit. That's good. All right, boys. We reached our hour and a little more. I like it. This was a fun episode, John. Um, yeah. We, we got to figure out. Uh, sure. We'll have to get you back on in April because uh, our only guests in March are going to be women for Women's History Month. So we're pretty That's pumped awesome. about that. We've got uh, uh, Stephen and Jeff have done some pretty awesome work getting some really great ladies Don't drop in the names. outdoors community. Don't drop names yet. No names are getting dropped. Just saying. For the people out there listening, some really uh, awesome people are going to be coming on, talking to us. So, um, mm-hmm. April, John, I think maybe the first week of April, we'll get you back in here if that's cool. Yeah, just tell me what to talk about. Yeah. talk about anything for hours. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. I mean, we, we, did, we talked about A-Track today, but it got into braking a little more maybe than A-Track, but we can kind of put that in the same vein. It works. But we'll figure out yeah. something. Um, yeah. Something sure. cool that's, that's technical that, you know, you can uh, get into a – a good three-hour research binge and then come on and, and educate us all about. <laughs> I wrote yes. up these three pages on my lunch break today. <laughs> <laughs> the the company IT guy is going to be like, this new guy is looking up forums on his lunch break. What's going what a on? nerd. <laughs> <laughs> but you work in an automotive, like, outdoors company, so they're probably like, he's just doing market research, right? True. Yeah. What the I hell is you're listening to this. We'll have to listen to the, the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, hey, thanks for joining again, John. We'll get you back on in April. And, uh, yes, good times. Good times. Awesome. Appreciate y'all having me on. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys.